0: You're listening to M- intersectional podcast. I'm Noreen. And I'm Ashley. This is a podcast about having the necessary difficult conversations. And for those who believe in anti-oppression across all intersections. For those that live their truth every day regardless of social constructs or pressure. For those that value different perspectives. For those that aim to be lifelong learners and believe in positive change. For those that are subversive as hell. welcome and we're back and this is intersectional podcast i'm maureen i'm ashley and today is the 7th of march 2021 and it is our eighth episode and we have chelsea on again who is fantastic Mm -hmm. and lovely and that's why we have her on again so (laughs) there's that um (laughs) welcome chelsea um so Uh, let's get back to what we were talking about Yeah, it's 60 degrees today, which is, like, pretty
1: surprising for the first week of March. And, um... Yeah, heads up, Minnesota. Exciting, but also, like, climate change is on the mind, so... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Sometimes we get this teaser of warm weather and then it's back to really cold for a bit, but I don't know if that's going to happen this time, so we will see what happens. I don't know. It's just, it's nice to see people out and about and... Um, I was just recently thinking about people who live in the warmer states. Lockdown or quarantine, everything has looked so different for them because they've still had the patio dining and parks and yeah. things like that. And here, it's been kind of a ghost town. But now everybody's out and biking and rollerblading and walking their dogs, and it's nice we to see. Mm-hmm. We need this. They need this
2: real bad. Yes, weather.
0: We can, absolutely. So at least
2: we can a walk, social distance, or we can do. We can at least
0: again Mm -hmm. heck heck yeah heck yeah um so yeah so that's been happening weather-wise and weather is never not a topic in minnesota because (laughs) it's always changing Mm -hmm. if it feels like so yeah you said we'll probably have another cold snap it's probably gonna happen i'll probably have more snow in my yard sometime (laughs) soon but for right now it's melting so enjoy it Mm -hmm. and get vaccinated first before you enjoy it with other people, and socially distance, and wear a fucking mask if you're enjoying it with other people. Put it over your fucking nose. Yeah. Simple. Like... <laughs> exactly. 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 What do they think it's doing up there, like, not on their nose? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but a lot of people do it, and, um, so I have, full disclosure, I've traveled during COVID a couple times now and delta love them they social distance on the fucking plane which is great and then they yell at anybody who's not wearing their mask right and i'm they're like on it like hawks it's great All so right. shout yeah. out to delta
1: i took delta to maui i just got to go to hawaii for the first time i've been wanting to get there for like 9 years it was amazing but um to go there you have to get like a certain like the rapid diagnostic covid test and then upload your results to the hawaii website and um yeah i've been seeing lots of different articles about people who don't get the right kind of testing because you have to go through their certain partners like walgreens is one of their partners it was so easy i literally drove up it was like almost like a bank they just put out this little thing and i grabbed my test opened it up swab each uh, nostril put it back in and was good to go Um, super simple. And then, um, when you upload it to the Hawaiian site, then you get a QR code. And then when you get to the airport, you, there's a form you have to fill out and then you get your QR code scanned and you're good to go. But some people would go to places like actual hospitals or like Mayo Clinic and they're not partnered with the website. And so then they're not allowed to, you know, go in and have their vacation or whatever. And, um, so yeah, people, if you're traveling, do your research and get your tests and wear your masks and do all the things. But, um, it was nice. Hawaii is beautiful. And something that I really appreciated was they have a plastic bag ban. So. Fuck yeah. Everywhere here, especially with the snow melting, I feel like I'm, I cannot go a single day without seeing a plastic bag stuck in a tree. Usually it's many, but like at least one a day. So I didn't see any of that there, which was amazing. Um, and very different, um, like you're not seeing all these trucks hauling animals to slaughter. Um, the only kind of like animal agriculture I really personally witnessed was, um, cows, maybe like 12 cows in this field. And then they've got the whole ocean behind them. And it was just like a very different scene than I'm used to seeing here. And part of seeing that made me like relieved that they seem like they have a decent, you know life out there but then again it's like okay does that make it easier for people to look at them and be like oh well their life is so good like they can justify consuming them so just some random thoughts that i had there but um yeah it was they seem very conscious of a lot of things and very vegan friendly and Yeah, it was very easy to find food and chickens roaming everywhere, which was really cool to see. Like there was like a family of chickens that was posted up outside this grocery store that we went to a few times that week. It's just like a little family. They had their little babies and, you know, the roosters looking out for them. And it it was really nice to see. I also wonder, too, if that changes people's perspective. Like when they see these chickens having their families and just living their lives, like does it make them less likely to want to consume them or does it just not even like cross their mind I'm
0: very curious about that but yeah well (laughs) speaking from personal experience I had a past boyfriend who I brought to chicken run rescue Mm -hmm. um and I like made him hold the chickens and stuff and I was like he's like oh they're kind of cute and I was like yeah they're real cute and then (laughs) I, I was like but can you like feel his you know his beating heart and He was holding a rooster. Can you feel his beating heart and all these things? Like, these are living, breathing, like, beings that are being slaughtered, and these are lives being taken. And he was like, yeah, I get it. And clearly it didn't come, like, super full circle, because he's not, he did not make a change at all. Same (laughs) thing happened with a past partner
1: of mine, and he ate chicken, like, a couple days after he was holding a chicken, and that just, like, set me over. Yeah. There was many other things. The breakup was bound to happen, but that
0: just, like, pushed it. To completion. (laughs) Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, Oh, I was going to say, Chelsea, I don't know if you can tell, but she's extremely tan. And I am very jealous. Feels good to have color on my skin. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But then I got back and my skin just dried up like I'm
0: kind of scaly at this moment on my hands and stuff. I went on a big, long hike yesterday, but if anything's red, it's just my face and, like, nothing else because everything else is covered up.
1: What a vast change in my mental health, getting to be in sunshine. Like, I was – usually I get hit with seasonal depression, um, and this year was definitely the worst I've ever experienced. Like, I was pretty down for a while, and I'd think Mm -hmm. I was coming out of it, and then I'm like, nope, I'm just right back in there. I'm not – going to get up, I'm not going to work out, I'm not going to do the things. I'm just going to lay in bed and I'm going to maybe play Sudoku and read depressing news on the internet. Like it was just this wow. spiral. So, yeah, definite shift in my mental health just like be in a new space and have sunshine and
0: I don't know. I was telling my brother about this when I saw him recently. So, I have a series of things now. It's it's like my morning to do for my mental health every single morning and the first thing that I do is I sit in my bed and I do my French lessons and then I do my affirmations and affirmations sound so stupid but they really work because if you're remembering that all day you're like okay I am patient I am kind I am worth something blah 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 you know like whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. you're telling yourself it's super fucking important yes,
2: it sounds so stupid but because a lot of times we have this negative dialogue in mm-hmm. our head and we are telling ourselves when I went through um, tough times in the past I had this this internal dialogue that was like I'm not okay, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I wasn't okay, mm-hmm. you know? So I change that because I have, like, a mind that does this obsessive kind of looping. So instead of I'm not okay, I would change it. It's usually, like, I'm capable, I'm calm, things like that with breathing. And it really does – it It calms you down. It might not, like, make your whole day better, but it's, it is definitely worth the practice, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Breathing is, like, what's so – just if you stop and take a couple of deep breaths, it's amazing how much it can just, like, slow your heart rate and clear your mind a little bit. Like, oh, man.
0: Or if you're feeling, one of the things that I teach my clients a lot is um, is how to get back in their body when they're way out here. I don't know if you know, like, what I'm speaking to, but the feeling of being so immersed in what's going on around you and kind of in that fight, fight or flight mode and uh, grounding exercises. And you can, like, do Googles on this up and down. Um, different kinds of grounding exercises, but like popping into one of those and the science behind alternating between the pre, the frontal cortex and your amygdala, which is the thing that activates when you're experiencing like some sort of trauma or like being re-traumatized. Um, If you do that and you bop between the two, it's called pendulation. Mm -hmm. And if you do that so many times and you practice that so many times, what happens is you find out with like stressful events, your stress or um, your response to those stressful events will eventually go down. So like if you like take a temperature of it, like a scale of one to 10, over time you'll find that your like baseline of stress or anxiety Mm -hmm. will eventually lower so that's the science behind it and that is so fucking important like especially now bringing it back to current events and i'm sorry you probably have something to say no but i am really really worried about the chauvin trial yeah
1: begins tomorrow yeah they've spent what like a million dollars putting up like fencing and um barbed wire i've heard around like the Hennepin County Government Center, the police precinct, city hall, public service building, like, and some people are saying, like, oh, are they putting this up because the trial, like, he's going to get off and it's not going to go the way we want it to and people are going to start shit on fire and, you know, they're bringing in the National Guard and it's just, yeah, you can feel, like, the tension starting to rise. Again. Yeah. It's like, what's going to happen? I have goosebumps now just thinking about it like we don't know
0: yeah and my friends bought a house over north chelsea i know you're over uh, over in the uh, i'm sorry they bought a house over south i know you're in the north burbs kind of by me and everything like that but even over here over here it's a lot more active Mm -hmm. with like gun violence and shit i yeah it's been off the chain like 2020 was a really really bad year for gun violence in my area at least Somebody was actually shot last night at George Floyd
1: Square, 38th in Chicago, and they they didn't die right there, but I think they died later at the hospital. And uh, I don't think there's been like details released of it. Um, It wasn't a police murder or anything like that, but um, yeah, and carjackings. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if you guys have been hearing about that, but those are like through the roof. Um, uh, A friend of a friend, she was leaving. She works in the service industry, and she was leaving work later one evening, and got into her car, and I don't know if she, like, was plugging her phone in or what, and all of a sudden, you know, she sees, like, a car pull up beside her, and it's late, and um, they start, like, trying to open her door, and, like, they're, like, bashing on the window, like, trying to get her to open up, and she was, like, oh, my God, and thankfully, like, she was able to, like, think quickly, and the car, if they would have been pulled ahead, like, six inches more, she wouldn't have been able to get out, but she was able to maneuver her vehicle out and just get the fuck out, but... Um, oh, that's so scary. It is so scary. And, like, um, another... The friend who told me about it, the friend who is our mutual friend, she was saying, wow, like, if that would happen happened to me, I would have... My first thought would have been, like, oh, is this person okay? Like, do they need help? Right. Like, should I try to... You know, and it's just... It, yeah, you can't... You just can't trust people. Yeah. And it sucks. Like, even... Like, if a woman comes up to you, because they could be, like, the person that's trying to get sympathy, and then the... Whoever else Rope comes in, in. and Yeah, it's just... It's so unsettling. Hear you, hear, but you can hear them through your window. They can. If they're in
2: need of your help, we all want to help. We're helpers, but we don't. We gotta protect ourselves. You gotta get in your car, lock it. Don't dawdle around. We've got to be smart, and that's just another. It's just another thing that women
1: have to fucking worry about. Right. That's what I tell, I was telling Kelsey. Like, I get in my vehicle, the first thing I do is I hit the lock button. Mm-hmm. When I hit unlock, the only door that unlocks is, um, when I'm going to get in my vehicle is the driver's side door. I get in, I hit lock immediately, and she's like, really? She's like, I never really thought about that, but now that this happened to her friend, she's like, well, I guess I'm, you know, going to be paying more attention to that. And, like, on this note, too, um, I don't know if you have seen... This keychain, you can slip it on your fingers like a ring, and it, it's kind of like a cat. It's metal, and it's got, like, the cat ears. So you could it's yeah. kind of like brass knuckles, I guess, but it's smaller. And so if someone's coming up, you know, you could use it as a weapon. Well, I remember a friend posting about it not that long ago, and I've been thinking about it, and I was like, maybe I'll just get one of those. Like, hopefully I'd never have to use it, but if I do, then it's just on my keychain, and I have it. So I was Googling it to try to find a good place to purchase one, and then I came up across this story from this woman in Texas who had one, and she ended up getting in trouble and getting arrested for having it because brass knuckles are illegal in Texas. And I'm like, oh my god, so I looked at Minnesota, and they're illegal here as well, so you can't even have this keychain personal weapon device. Um, so I'm glad that I looked that up, but it's just, like, so fucked up. hmm Yep, I, I feel That's like
0: ju- living one. in the city has taught me so many things that I just do subconsciously now. Mm-hmm. And and so when people are talking about these carjackings, and to boot, these are not adults largely that right. have been doing this. This is no. youth.
1: 13, I think, is like, like with one Mary of them.
0: <sighs> yeah. Like with Mary youth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. 12 yeah. years old. Yep, yep. So, like, it's... We gotta be wary of everybody now. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. (laughs) I'm already wary of any man, to be quite honest. Any man, I don't care what fucking culture you're from. If you're walking up to me in my car, I'm just, like, getting in locking the door. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. And hopefully
1: more men are understanding, like, why we're doing this. It's not, you know, any personal thing. It's just for our own safety because we have to watch our own facts. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so uh, so mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Absolutely. Um. What else is going on lately? What What else? What else? Current event shit. Um, People are getting vaccinated. Yes, I got my 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 shot. So Yay! and can confirm it hurts. Like <laughs> after the fact, it does not hurt going in, but like two hours later, you're like, ow. Uh-huh. Like, you can't lift your arm mm. for probably a couple days after it, or if it hurts to lift it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, that's fun.
2: That's exciting. Good news. That's
0: Herbivorous great. Butcher is opening up a fried chicken shop. Oh, that's my completely God. completely vegan.
1: I am beyond excited. That's literally, like, five minutes from Ethique Nouveau, the vegan yeah. boutique. So, Yeah. I'm so psyched! Hey. That they're You're gonna have. trouble. I know. I'm gonna be spending my money. Um, I may be
0: seeing you more often.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, my whole it'd be really cool if it did
1: bring people like into the shop, you know. Um, just because a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's like South Minneapolis. I don't really get over there, but it'd be like, oh hey, you can hit both places up in the same day. But I'm so psyched! They're gonna have mac and cheese and coleslaw yeah, and yeah. biscuits. Pre-vegan life, KFC was like one of my top visited places. As much as I feel gross to say that's true. Um, so this sounds like they're kind of modeling it after KFC with their...
0: I want the goddamn biscuits. <laughs> I want the mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm-hmm. What else was yeah, that? That was mac really good. Oh. Mac, mac and cheese. the Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was bomb. Um, mm-hmm. in like the worst way possible. And then, like fried chicken was my shit yeah. like, back in the day. You know, I will say, even though I've had their fried chicken before and herbivorous bush- fried chicken is the shit. It's so good. Um, it still makes you feel like crap after Yeah, food. that heavy gluten, <laughs> it's like, like satan Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, but it's really then, not
1: a health food. <laughs> <laughs> I step up for sure from eating chicken flesh, but, like,
0: it's heavy. <laughs> I, I swear they had one of their pop-ups and I got their fried chicken. It was one of their special ones where mm-hmm. they had, like, a board that you could buy or whatever. I went there with my parents and I'm sure I went to, like, the gym or to work out afterwards somewhere. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. This is supposed to give me good energy, not, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Definitely a
1: treat.
0: So, shout out to, like, junk, vegan junk food because it exists and you still feel worth, you know, pretty crappy eating it. Yeah. Sometimes. I
1: liked, um, in the article, Kale had said that they're, um, improvements, not substitutes because so many, I've been seeing, hearing this actually pretty frequently just the last few days. People are like, well, why do vegans want to eat these, you know vegan chicken and things like that. Like, if you're done eating animals, just be done. It's like, okay, you're missing the point. Like, we didn't we stop are. eating animals because we didn't like the taste. Like, that's not it. So let us have our stuff and let us... And people are like, well, why are you going to call it chicken still? It's it's misleading. It's confusing. It's like, well, I I can understand people being confused about that, but it's like, it's it's showing that you can have the same thing and it doesn't need to be made from animals. Mm-hmm. Like... And I think it is cool, too, because, um, like, someone from a river's butcher was saying before that this group of guys would come in and they would, you know, get their sandwiches and whatever on a pretty regular basis, and some of the guys in the group had no idea that it was even plant-based until, like, I don't know, they went in there one day, like, maybe their friends usually picked it up, and then they heard that, and they were just, like, blown away. So it's like, maybe people will come into here and not even realize, or if their friends pick it up and bring it to them, like... I don't know. I think there's something to be said by just calling it the same things, and... I'm so freaking excited. Do you know when it opens? I Um, I want to say they said next... or late spring. Late spring. Hell yeah. Well, and then there's another place called Stock and Spade that's opening up in... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, in Wysetta. And that's opening <laughs> Earth Day, it's April 20... 20- right? What's that? It's the crisp and Green. Yeah, yep. Same owners as Crispin Green. And it looks like they're... They, I think they... I think they said that they're trying to be, like, the vegan McDonald's. Oh, my God. Like, chicken sandwiches, chicken nuggets, burgers, shakes. Into all that it. stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so, remember when Earth Burger was... A, do, do either of you miss Earth Burger at Mall of America? Yeah, because yeah, I do. Yeah, I liked absolutely. it. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The chicken and
0: the, the shakes were so good. Their
1: shakes are awesome. I went yeah. to this place in Rochester, um... Hot Chip Vegan Burger. Yeah. Well, they have, like, Hot Chip. It's, like, a regular burger place, but then they have, like, a different menu with vegan stuff, and so I finally got that for the first time last week or the week before, and I have to say, like, the burger was really good. It was really flesh-like, which was kind of, like, ooh, oh, a little unsettling, but it smelled, like, it just, it didn't smell like the, like, um, animal-based Cooked burgers. Flesh. Yeah. So, I really liked that, and the fries were pretty good, but the shake, I got just a vanilla shake, and it was... It wasn't, like, a thick, creamy shake that I was kind of, like, seeking and hoping for. Um, so I don't know that i get the shake again. I had some friends who went to, um, we all, like, picked up our food after a protest, and um, they really liked theirs. So I don't know if it was just, like, mine or if it was sitting or what the deal was. But, yeah. I, I love the, like, creamy shakes. Like, Bad Waitress, they have really good vegan shakes, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they super do. Um, yup. Oh, I could talk about vegan food all damn day. Right. And then there's, um, Herc Cafe which I have not been there yet, but it's um, all vegan. It's all gluten-free, too, which is nice because I have quite a few friends who avoid gluten. Um, I haven't been there yet, but it's two women. I think they're best friends who run the place. And they're actually doing the banquet food for Compassionate Action for Animals uh, online get-together. And people can just go pick up the food and then join them online for the event. So I think my partner actually ordered the food for us, so I'm super psyched to try it. Get
0: some pasta and stuff like that, so... You'll have to let me know what you think. I yeah. Always, yeah, so... That's fair. It's just really cool that we have a lot of vegan places that are 100% vegan right. that we can go into and get food and not worry about... Yeah. Contaminate... Well,
2: agreed. It, it works Like, remember how it used to be 10 years ago? It was like... It was just... Minneapolis has come so far.
1: Yep, Big time. Yep. It's nice to see. Um, And then, like, in... Other news, not food-related, Rochester, Minnesota, they banned wild animal performances, so that's pretty cool. cool. I don't know how much stuff they had going on, like circuses and whatnot, but they banned it, so that's um, really good to hear. And then um, another thing I wanted to mention, too, is the Animal Legal Defense Fund. They released a 2020 U.S. State Animal Protection Laws Rankings, And so it has each state, and then they have um, what tier you're in. And Minnesota is a middle tier, so um, we definitely, obviously, have a lot of issues, but we're ahead of the bar on some things. One thing that surprised me is that um, the sexual assault of animals isn't well-defined, and it's only a misdemeanor. Um, So that's really gross to think about. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, But yeah, I think, so it said that Maine was ranked the highest, and New Mexico was ranked the lowest. So if anybody wants to go check that out, they just have, like, a map, and you can click on your state and read some specifics, and you can click on this report to find more in-depth. So I found that pretty interesting. That's,
2: that's, that's awesome. Not, that's not the states you guess. What's that? You know? That's not the states I would guess. The best or the
1: worst. That's what I kind of thought, too. I was peeking around at some of them just to see what their big issues were, because some states were red that I wouldn't have necessarily
0: anticipated, but, Yeah. Thank you for bringing that information. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw a quick plug in here is that, um, I, so I am the, okay. I'm involved in an organization that, uh, is centered around, um, policy in the legislature mm. and, uh, m- creating more is what we, it's social worky policy, but it's really a lot of feminist related issues as well. Um, and I was recommended this one podcast, shout out to them. They're Minnesota based radical feminist podcast. Ooh. Um, Super awesome. I listened to them when I was on the road. I I think I was seeing clients the other day, uh, the other week. And I listened to an episode and they're so informed and... Um, if there's anything that's, like, in the legislature right now that you want to pay attention to, they're, they're kind of on it if it's, like, Ooh, feminist related. I like so, that. So, yeah, super good way to, like, stay up, um, informed, and I think they're pretty, they're decently popular, so they have, uh, podcast releases, like, I think every week? Nice. Remember, every couple weeks? Yeah, so. That
1: makes yeah. me so excited because I've been learning, like, the last year, year and a half that changing the policies where you make change happen. Like, obviously, there's different pieces to the puzzle with, like, protesting and calls to action and putting pressure on in different ways and running pressure campaigns. But, like, to actually make sure something's going to change,
0: getting political is where it's at. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah, so plug to them. Also, yeah. So I'm going to check them out for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're great. So yeah, anybody else have any other, I, there's so much ha- is happening, I just can't keep up with it all. So I, I'm sure there's things that I'm missing, but those are the salient things that stuck out in my mind. Yeah. That we could probably just mention real quick. So, yeah. Chelsea, how about you? Any current events that we missed that we should know about?
2: Well, I have a current event right
0: now. I just tried this. Guardian can you see this? Oh, Gardein Jerky. Yeah. Like as you were talking to us? Yeah, I was just eating it. Is it Before, good? I was hungry. I'm drinking. Yeah, no, I love I'm, it. <laughs> but, uh, alone in my house, it's amazing. I can do anything right now. Ooh. Look at you go. Jerky but, and uh, wine. Thought, uh, this is good. I thought it was pretty good. Awesome. I most, but it's, you can get it
2: at Whole Foods, so that was nice. Thank you. Mm. Yeah.
1: I have not tried was, that one yet. I Bowl to try. Ooh. Pretty
2: jazzed about that. Nice. Yeah. The stuff is
1: popping up everywhere. I tell you what. Yeah. That Target brand, Good & Gather, they've been coming out with some stuff, too. I know. Hey, have you
2: tried that yet? Good & Gather, the, like the chicken nuggies?
0: No. Um, uh, someone is just so in the store. Brooded. I get so confused because we have so many options now, but let me show you this one. <laughs> I know. What a what a time to be alive. I know. <laughs> like, seriously,
1: thinking about it, like, I was just realizing that this year will be my 10th year vegan. Like later this year, and I'm just like, holy shit, how much has changed? Oh, no, I have not seen that. Raised and rooted. That was from where? It's from, I
2: got it at Whole Foods, but look at the chick, look at the nug there. I've heard that these are like, uh, very much like McNuggets. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Uh, but then I also have um, an order placed with alpha foods. I haven't tried those yet either. So I got the, the chicken pack. You can just order online. It's free shipping. I had like a 30% off coupon code. And they also do like a bunch of different kinds of burritos, which like for a quick lunch, whatever. So I ordered the burrito variety box. I got 12 of those coming. And then. They're chicken nuggets, so hopefully one of these will do my chicken nugget trick, because I really need, like, a
0: good nug. Well, okay, and then also, to be fair, like, this is, um, this is a plug for what we just mentioned earlier, that, like, we are not, it's not that we didn't like eating animals, we just don't like that they're used for food now, and we don't, you know, like, we didn't like the, we like the taste of them. Yeah, love the food, Exactly, that wasn't the issue. It was, yeah, the taste wasn't the issue. I fucking loved McDonald's McNuggets. I like hate to say me too. Dude, yeah,
1: so I would go. I would always well, get like a happy meal, like a. Oh man, even as an adult, like in college, Aww. like go to the
0: drive-through and get a happy meal, like. Fuck yeah, that. and their French fries, oh, so good. Yeah. I man. wish that their French fries were veg because. Me too. McDonald's
2: did have the best fries, and I don't like really any other any other ones as well. Have you tried Wendy's? Although, Yeah, I should try Wendy's, I guess. But if you, like, if you buy, you can buy fast food cut fries, and they're just like, if you put them in your air fryer or your oven or whatever, they turn out pretty much, and I've deep fried them, my friends, I have definitely. So, I don't know. But to your point about eating things that are meat replacements or whatever, you know, I always would say to people, like, cows aren't hamburger shaped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see us on video,
1: Noreen and I both just threw our hands up like, yup. Exactly.
0: I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, food looks like what you make ingredients into. So, you can exactly. make a nugget
2: shape with a chicken, or you could make it with actual food, and like, it looks the same. It's a nugget, right? Like, I don't understand that whole deal at all. I think it's just non-vegans picking on vegans, and you gotta weed that out. Yeah. You, know, you just gotta, I, I don't take that seriously.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's silly. And to our, uh, listeners that don't know a lot about Chelsea, she's a fucking fantastic cook. Yes. So she would know what she's talking about. Um. Bless you. That's I mean it from the heart. I've eaten your food so many times, and I never want to stop, but, you know, COVID. <laughs> if I that could have it my way, way you'd feed me every day, Chelsea. I would. I would. <laughs> I'd be honored. Um, Oh. Uh,
1: speaking of McDonald's, by the way, so I guess they have a deal with um, Beyond Meat, yeah. so they're going to be getting in some plant-based stuff too. And um, it's called Big Plant. Big Plant, yeah. The Bearded Vegans, um, they have a podcast, uh, and I really like their Instagram page. They pose a lot of good questions, and they had a post like, "Should vegans support, um, you know, the plant-based options at McDonald's?" And it's like, people are all across the board on this. Like for me personally. I'm not going to go to McDonald's. There's plenty of other things that I can eat. I don't feel the need. I, I'm not that curious about it. It is what it is. But if somebody else wants to, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just glad that it's existing, and hopefully people who would otherwise get, like, the non-vegan options will decide to try it out. Maybe they'll like it more. Um, so I think it is it is a good thing that McDonald's is getting it. Um
2: it's you. It is too. I, I mean, if you're traveling across the country and you're going through, like, Podunk, whatever portions yep. of states. There's not. There honestly, you can go to Subway and get like bread and lettuce. But I, I mean, right? If I can, if i am going on a road trip across the country, yeah, I'm gonna try a McPlant. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like,
1: the thing too. A lot of these cities that don't have these vegan restaurants and stuff, like this is huge for them. Okay,
0: so. yep. Yep. I I love being petty, so I'm just gonna do it. McPlant. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> think of anything else. Like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: that is funny. <laughs>
0: McPlant. That's <laughs> <I mean>, McPlant. That's <laughs> yeah, sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyways, it's, I'm really happy that it's happening, but yeah, McPlant, like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Lots of food stuff going on. Lots of on. Food stuff, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's good, though, because honestly, I
1: think that um, that's a big hurdle for people is, like, they, they try, like, a, a vegan thing and they don't really love it and they just get turned off from trying other stuff Mm -hmm. so the more options the better um and then obviously making it affordable too like someone is commenting on the herbivorous butchers post like oh it's going to be super expensive it's like well one like yeah it might be but this is you're supporting a small business you're supporting a local business well I mean I guess they're not like as small as many other businesses because they do sell their stuff like all over the place but like it's a brother sister owned business like um And, yeah, a lot of work goes into it. It's You know, they, if people want it, like, I don't know. I'm willing to spring for it. You know, maybe not all the time, but I definitely will. But for people who, um, you know, don't want that kind of stuff, having these options at McDonald's is going to be a lot more, you know, wallet-friendly. And, yeah, I think we just – making things tasty and making things accessible and affordable will, I think, really get more
0: people on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to – throw one last thing onto this conversation, the fact that a place that McDonald's is like everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So like people in places that don't have Whole Foods or like mm-hmm. don't have grocery stores that carry plant, like a lot of plant-based products, they can go there and get something plant-based if they want. Right. Because it'll be there. Mm-hmm. And you know at McDonald's you can yeah. throw a rock and hit a McDonald's and right. pretty much anywhere yeah. in the United States. Mm-hmm. So...
2: Yeah. It seems like we, we, through all of our activism, our vegan activism, we argue for, or we, we battle for more access and more affordability, mm-hmm. but then it sometimes seems like when we get it, then we're snotty about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we want, well, it's true, like, we want, we want, um, like, accessible vegan food for everybody, so then Walmart starts carrying vegan stuff, or Burger King, or McDonald's, or whatever the thing is, and then we shit all over it, you know? Yeah. like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like, as someone who doesn't personally want to give them money, I'm still really psyched that it exists
0: and that people can have it. Like,
1: it's better than them having nothing at all. Like, yeah, I'm for it.
0: I was smiling because I know a lot of people on this forum that's on Facebook that's related to being mi- vegan in Minnesota that uh, shit on stuff a lot. Oh, yeah. And, yeah,
2: anyways. <laughs> Zoe is mine and Charlie's daughter, and she... Uh, is the only grandchild on his side oh. the only one they have they never thought they'd have any um we didn't have that baby until we were 40 30 whatever 39 whatever and um so they're obsessed with her and nice. we're happy to share and so when the boys are with their dad sometimes Zoe like for the weekend Zoe will go like with his parents nice. and we are spoiled rotten because in a pandemic, when the kids are distance learning and everyone's here all day, and we're all in a pressure cooker, yeah, we need that time. Yeah, absolutely. No
1: how was so she on her first night away, like from from you guys?
2: She's used to it. It's kind of yeah. we have a schedule. She she loves it so much. She's got Charlie's sister and her husband and his parents, and they all she. Oh, they, and we talk to her all the time on FaceTime, and
1: yeah, but you've seen just, how
2: cute it, that kid is, right? guilty <laughs> about it, but it's nice. Like, I, I feel a little bit like, should we be doing that? Like, is it okay? <laughs> but, you know, it works for us, and they want us to share her with them, and we're happy to, so. Well, it, ta- it
0: truly does take a village, Chelsea. Um, yes. So. It should take a village. It's it, supposed to take yes, a village. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But we don't have one here in this country, because we don't believe in villages. Right. We are an individualistic really? culture, for the most part, that is... Yeah, work. and then you add a pandemic on top yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and Yeah doesn't we don't really vibe with the collectivist culture sort of frame of thinking about things mm-hmm. but yeah yeah that's it's, it's kind of too bad how old is zoe now 21
2: months she'll be 2 in uh, may, in may end of may
1: okay and I'm just yeah. like so curious too about um kids who a lot of their, like, life and, like, their early memories is going to be, like, this pandemic. Like, I'm just so, so curious, like, socially what that, what that's like, and it's great that she has, like, her two brothers at least to have that little bit of interaction and stuff, but I'm, I've just often thought about kids who are only children, and, you know, I just, I, I can't even imagine. It's just so hard for me to imagine
0: growing up in this right now as a kid. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit, Chelsea? What you've noticed, uh, like, cause you're you're one show. You didn't have her in the pandemic. No. The pandemic no, feels it's like, it's like it's. I know, but gone forever. For so for she was about ever. a year. When the pandemic. May 2019. i I'm sorry. What? She was born May twenty nineteen. May twenty nineteen. So you had half, almost half a year without. Uh, no. Yeah, some eight, nine months. Yeah. Without the pandemic happening. Okay. Yeah. So, pre versus post, like, what have you noticed with your children? Like, what, how have they been affected? Well, I think, like,
2: for us, it's sort of, there's been blessings and then curses, right? Kind of like with everyone else. But she, with Zoe, it's nice because we would never get this time with her normally. At this, Mm -hmm. like, young age, we would never both be able to see her all day, every day. Huh? Yeah, Charlie's like, he he wouldn't get to because he'd be off at work at the office all day. Mm -hmm. Um, But he works, interestingly enough, at the government center, so he wouldn't be able to go anyway, probably. But um, the boys, I worry worry about our school age kids because a lot of it has to do, I think, with how parents approach the pandemic and our responsibilities and our rights with our kids and how we're framing the situation up for them. I think it's really, really important that we tell them, you know, we wear masks and we stay home and we do these things for a reason, you know, we do them because the world needs us to do this right now, like, this is what we can do to contribute and keep us all safe, but at such a tender age, it's, I I wonder what the long-term repercussions will be from this, because there's going to be so many, it's a short period of time in the grand scheme of things, but it's, it's such a fundamental change for our culture,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I think, I mean, I I almost hope it's a fundamental change for our culture a little bit, like, to take care of each other a little bit more and, like, be more aware of us as collectivists, you know, as a group. Um, But I don't know. I think kids are, I assume and I think and I hope that kids are resilient enough and that we're parenting them well enough through this, even though we're all still, we're struggling as parents, that we're framing it up so that they know it's temporary. We're trying to give them what they need to get through it, and then, I mean, the resilience, they'll bounce back, that's what I hope, it's, it's just really hard, like, the kids, at first, did not want to do distance learning, they hated it, it was terrible, now, they don't want to go back to school, like, Cole, Cole is saying, he's almost 10, and he's like, I don't want to go back to school, at home, I can finish my schoolwork by one, and then I can do whatever I want,
1: Oh, yeah. That's going to be quite an adjustment, too, when things go back to, like, quote-unquote normal. Because I know even, like, yeah. as adults, like, for me, someone was just having a conversation with me the other day about how, you know, they go out and they go to the grocery store and they do maybe one other thing and they're just, like, overstimulated. And it's like, okay, yeah. like, this is just too much. And I'm like, I feel that, too. Like, yeah especially when the weather like I feel like I have this shift once the weather starts getting nicer and I for some reason want to be a little more social so we had a protest today and I was like usually I'm kind of like oh I just really don't feel like talking to anybody it's hard to hear when you've got the masks on and everything but today I was like you know I'm happy to like socialize a little bit Mm -hmm. but um, many others just are kind of comfortable in their you know seclusion and their bubbles and it it makes it that much more difficult to get back out there and, you know, do things that you need to do. Um, Something else that I just didn't even really think about until when you were talking was obviously we see the fighting amongst adults about uh, people who are pro-mask versus anti-mask and everything like that, but I wonder how much of that goes on with kids because so many kids kind of regurgitate what their parents tell them and the examples that they give. And I saw a news article, I think it was in Idaho, there were... um, People at the Capitol there, and they were a bunch of kids. They were encouraging them to throw their masks in like this um, burning barrel. So, all these kids are like throwing these masks in there. And, like, so I'm just like, I wonder how many kids go to school and they like people get picked on maybe out at the park or something. If some kids have masks and some don't, or they're not wearing them right, like, I never even thought about that till now. The controversy and maybe bullying that even stems from the masks alone.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and you—you know—I haven't been very proactive about being friends or like noticing the teachers and the other parents in our school district. But one of my girlfriends is very, like, she knows who the teachers are, and she knows what they're posting. And the scary stuff is these teachers are like going down to Florida, having vacations, no mask, coming back, feeling like all this. Not science, not
0: mm-hmm.
2: not appropriate stuff. And these are the people that are teaching our kids. So I worry about that quite a bit now, just seeing that. I don't know where I thought I was living, but I thought it was more of a bubble, I guess. But some of this stuff is, yeah, that is a really good point, Ashley. That's scary. Like, what are our kids going to be bullied about now? Like, they're always going to be, I mean, kids are mean, but this is another thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Ugh. I don't know. Yikes. I don't know. I had written down just some, like, random questions, too, not necessarily, like, pandemic-related, but just, like, random thoughts that pop into my head um, at random times. But one thing is, uh, well, the first thing I had written down was you being someone who has a lot of tattoos. Do you ever feel that, like, as a mom, that you um, experience judgment because of that? Or that maybe teachers view you differently? Or do you think that things have shifted quite a bit where they're a little bit more accepted?
2: No, I mean, I don't really think that it's very accepted. I mean, having a tattoo is pretty, I mean, most people have a tattoo, a lot of people have one tattoo, you know, mm-hmm. but when you have of tattoos, I feel like, and there can probably speak of a lot of tattoos too, you know, yeah. you can probably speak to this, but like, I have, I definitely do notice a difference in how I'm treated. Not, mm-hmm. It's not really as a mom, but just as a person out and about, like, performing, you know, commerce tasks. Like, I've noticed if I go to Home Depot and I'm wearing a tank top, like, I'm not going to get a lot of service, I'm not going to get, I'm not, I'm pretty much going to get ignored. Wow. Um, and this, I have a funny story about this actually, a couple, two different separate occasions. I brought my car into the place. I go for an oil change, same place, same guy,
1: shift will happen because that's been a topic of converse and a few conversations i've had lately is um like tattoos and hair colors and piercings and things like that like i got rid of my purple and blue hair because i wanted to be seen as like more professional when doing my work and like at work like i can be i can pretty much be myself which is nice but if i'm trying to work with city council members and things like that i I just want to be taken seriously and i hate that I think that my hair color um, or a piercing could hinder that. Like, it's so, it's just silly, you know, like that doesn't speak to somebody's character. Um, it does. It's, I don't but know. it's true.
2: It's true what you're saying. And that's actually, you know what, Ashley, I, I felt like that too. And that's smart. That's smart of you because we live in a world that exists. And sometimes if you want to be taken seriously, you have to you have to kind of look according. And that's not okay But it's just it's just how it is, and women have a hard enough time being taken seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, in the government or in business or anywhere, you know. And so, I mean, and you're you're like a cute, like a pretty, sweet, nice person too. So people automatically are gonna they're gonna think things they they think things about us based on that.
1: So weird. That's what I was thinking too. Like going Mm. back to the tattoo thing. Like I wonder how. Um, like, in a school setting or something, how, like, a, a mom versus a dad with a lot of tattoos would be perceived, and I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I just feel like the judgment comes down a little harsher on women.
2: Oh, it does, yeah. So, sure. so I, silly. I'll tell you, in a couple of years, when Zoe's in school, and we have to go with Charlie, because Charlie's got sleeves, Eric, my ex-husband, um, with the two boys, he doesn't have any, so, and he's very, like, straight-laced, mm-hmm. and businessy, and, you know, like, technologically like he's nerdy he's a nerdy <laughs> white boy and so he gets like treated you know accordingly
1: mm-hmm.
2: society you know
1: yeah. oh yeah i really hope that that just starts to phase out as some of these older generations move on to whatever their next uh hmm, space in this universe will be but yeah i'm yeah. ready to see that stuff go and
0: mm-hmm. uh, it gives it's me right. hope because i think you know Boomers, you know, is that what they're calling them? <laughs> Boomers, yeah. Boomers, um, you, you're not a boomer. No, you're not a boomer. You're Gen, you're Gen Z. Oh, well, do you think you're now? Gen X. You're Gen X. No. What are I'm you? Cusp. I'm cusp. cusp. Cusp of what? Like,
2: okay, so Gen X is millennial, but I don't, I don't have anything in common with Gen X the way that, the, I'm like, so they say either 1979 or 1980 is the cusp. Yeah. When I was born in 1980. So technically, Charlie
0: is Gen X, and I'm a millennial. I'm an early millennial. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to insult you, but I, I hope I didn't insult you no, by uh, thinking that y- you were a. B- I get really confused about who's a boomer. I think my parents are boomers. Just say, why You're do you know from- the age cutoff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't like know where it starts. I don't know, but you know how Gen Z is called Zoomers, so I was going to call them a Zoomer. They give me a lot of hope because I I have a lot of clients who are Zoomers, and they're like in their early twenties. And their ideas are just, like, by, by, like, a long shot, are a lot more, like, feminist aiming, Mm -hmm. I would say, generally speaking. Um, they're a lot more open-minded. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna put that out there. But then again, they are a lot of, I don't know if it has something to do with, like, being in the city, or Mm -hmm. what have you. I don't know if, like, rural Minnesota... Zoomers are different, or getting different ideas, but I feel like they're all online and they're all kind of like digesting some of the same. You know, that's what I wonder too. Like it's these rural areas, like I wonder. Yeah, well
1: then I think too, like being in the age of distraction too, like how much is that hindering um, the future generation Mm -hmm. too? Because like um, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about like the animal rights movement and how. You'd think that we could be so much more ahead because we've got, like, all these social media outlets and ways to get the word out there, but it's also easy to just, like, scroll past it and you're on to the next thing, whereas, like, back in the 80s and 90s and stuff, um, a lot of these activists were literally, like, calling each other on their landlines and they're sending, like, postcards about, oh, there's a protest on this date, this location, be there, and you could get hundreds of people there because there weren't all these other things going on and, like all these other distractions and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, part of me really wishes that I just, I could have been an activist, like, in the 80s and 90s. Because it just, it seems like it was very different. But then again, it's, like, kind of a bummer because I was just looking through this book of um, animal rights organizations um, in the 80s, I think it was made in um, uh, 1990, and it had all these organizations, and I'm like, wow, pretty much all these still exist, and we're still dealing with the same issues you know, rodeos and horse carriages and circuses and all this shit. It's like it's still going on. It's just, it's so frustrating. So I really do hope that, like, when, you know, your kids, for example, when they're our age, things will be very different. And I'm just, part of me wants to, you know, think that it will be, but then part of me is like, well, look at how much, how little has changed already. You know, it's it's hard to say. It gets
2: depressing, doesn't it? It, gets it does. But I, I would ask you to look at, like, just look, just think about how, oh, gosh, I would vegan, like, what was that, Noreen? You probably, like, 12 years ago, maybe? And back then, yeah. I mean, just in that, just in a decade, a little over a decade, all of the, like, veganism, vegan is kind of a household term. People know what it means five years ago they didn't know what it meant seven years ago ten years ago i didn't know they were like like what i said to ryan when i when she first went vegan i was like what well, it sounds like a cult what's that <laughs> that's what i said to her and i was you know whatever but now people know and it's a slow process it's an ingrained mental belief that yeah. exists um mm-hmm. your parents Things that most people believe for the rest of their lives, you know, it takes a it takes a different kind of person, and not to pat ourselves on the back too hard because that's never good. But like, we have questioned those beliefs that we were. I assume we were all raised with, you know, Mm -hmm. eating meat and, um, for me, religion and a bunch of other like value system stuff. Like, I don't. But most people, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Is all I'm saying. Like, the progress is going to be slow. Yeah. But the youth, like, I like to say, the youth. The youth. (laughs)
0: don't I can, I can speak like on the whole for my clients who are in that generation um, they're like maybe like 10 years younger than me or so um, and they're so much more self-aware than I even was 10 years ago and I was in my early 20s you know. And, you, you know, my my parents were... Like, people were having kids in their early 20s and stuff. If I was a parent in my early 20s, my child would be exactly. so fucked up. So fucked up. Yeah. You know? No, they wouldn't because you... No, they wouldn't because you'd to the be occasion because that's what, that's what women do. So, <sighs> see, and maybe that's a misconception that you can help clear up here because that's what my mom told me, too. She's like, if you had a kid, you would get your shit together and you would figure it out. And I, I right. just... I yeah, I don't know. It's hard to imagine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if you're a person who wants to have kids, and that's your bag, you will figure it out. Like, there's never a time where I've ever thought I have three kids. I still don't know if I'm ready to be a parent. <laughs> to be honest, I, don't have I feel like I'm doing okay. Um, but you you don't get to a point where you're like, I have wisdom to impart. You, know? you don't get to a point where I am an adult now, I'm ready to spawn, like, it doesn't, it, that's just, that's not a thing, like, you are a woman with your shit together, if you wanted to have kids, you'd make it work, that's just, like, you would do it, um, it's like, it, women are kind of expected to rise to occasions, it's what we do, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse, I feel like we get shit done, if we want, if we desire, if we want it to, you
0: know, happen. Absolutely, well, thank you for that, 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 no, that makes a lot of sense to me, and it, it it means more coming from you, because I feel like you're closer in age, and not that I don't trust my mom, but I'm like, also, you didn't have the internet, mom. When we were born, the internet wasn't really a thing yet, so. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine oh, gosh.
2: puberty with Facebook? Oh my god. Like, I've been talking to my kids lately, like, Cole is turning 10, so I've been talking about puberty, which is like, oh, it's so funny, because he knows, like, he knows where babies come from, he
1: that's got to be such an interesting time too like I can't imagine have like being a parent when my child is going through puberty like I know that I was kind of a nightmare and like bless my stepmom's heart she was always like really kind and like patient and, like let me have my rage fits and like you know she wasn't my mom like she was she's I think she's 13 years younger than my dad and so um like, I just always, like, felt like she related to me a little more, maybe, than my mom. And, like, yeah, she was super cool. Yeah. You had that. I know. I feel really fortunate to have had that. Um, but, yeah. And, like, some people, their parents never even talk to them about this stuff. So they have no idea, like, wh- like yeah, like, what's going to go on? Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Is
0: this normal? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all these and things. And opening up the floor to conversations that I think need to happen speaking from my personal experience and this is not everybody's buddy's experience but my mom um was fairly ashamed of her body and I grew up watching her be ashamed of her body and I also took some of that on right so um covering myself up was a was a thing that I did for a very long time and now I'm the complete opposite like that is something that I, I have no qualms about doing, like, taking my top off, which I will do this summer. I <laughs> will absolutely do it this summer. I because... love that about you,
2: Noreen. I love that about you. Like, <laughs> honestly, I am not there yet, and I feel like you're just, you're like, your confidence is fucking inspiring, really. Oh, like, thank
0: you. Thank you. you. I, feel, I feel like I've done a 180, but it's, I don't know if it's confidence confidence or I just don't give a shit anymore. Like, is that confidence? (laughs) Kind of the same. Kind of the same thing, yeah. I do feel Uh, that
1: shift. Like, as I'm... The the older I get, the more I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. And I wish that I could have adopted that, like,
0: early on. Maybe that's something that happens now. Like, maybe that... I think I've talked about this before. Scientifically, your brainstem fully develops, like... It, it, I mean, historically, it's been in your late 20s, but I wonder if evolution is pushing it back a little bit because I did not feel so settled into myself probably until my early, like, until I turned 30. Mm. 30, 31, like, I really felt like a settling into myself. It's probably, maybe different for other people, but I, like, if I would have had kids in my 20s, I, I know you say that I would have figured it out, Chelsea, but I swear that they'd probably have experienced so much trauma for me. Like not being able to handle my own shit, I f- I just don't feel like I was ready. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But I
2: think part of part of feeling that settling into yourself and like that growing confidence, I really feel like it's a lot of it's deprogramming.
0: Oh sure. Like
2: me, with all of that stuff, and like some people, like I say that because I have a lot of girlfriends from high school who are still like the same as what you're talking about the before, you know, like the mm-hmm. the uh, like the lack of confidence and the insecurity and the body stuff, the the, like hating your own body and the talking about like, Oh my God, my thighs are so like all of that stuff. We don't, we don't do that Mm -hmm. with our friends because we are we are working, actively working to deprogram that thought process.
0: Absolutely. And
2: that, that everything, everything throws at us as young women, as young women, you know, it's the beauty industry. It's our parents' shame of their bodies. It's, the clothing or it's every, it's everything around us. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect all the time. And now we we have gotten to a point, luckily enough in our red like our, our activist circles that we're deprogramming ourselves and I that's what I want to pass on to my kids more than anything, is that you, to, you don't listen to capitalism for your
0: self worth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, The one thing that I was going to throw in there that I heard, actually, from a person online, and I don't know who said it, but I love it so much. You know how we talk about body positivity. Um, And she was like, well, what about, like, body neutrality? Like, there's only so many things you can control about your fucking body and the way that it looks and things like that, and you're going to drive yourself nuts if you try to control every single aspect of it. But, like, what about... Bodies that just are, yeah, <laughs> and they exist the way they exist, and fuck everything else, mm-hmm. like yeah, like your
2: legs take you places. Yeah, your, your stomach, you have organs in there that are protected. Like this is the thing: our bodies have utility. It's not really; they're not really for decoration. You know? Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. You don't need to ascribe a value. It's like in yoga, they talk a lot about you know just noticing what's around you and not ascribing judgment to it. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes a lot of sense when we're thinking about our bodies, too. Like, Absolutely. Like, here I she's, you know, whatever. They're, like, very saggy from having three children, but they did the job,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, our
2: bodies are for something. It's not decoration, I guess, is what I'm getting
0: at. Absolutely, and all bodies are, are beautiful in their own right, uh, regardless uh-huh. of what kind of perfection standard we're holding out for ourselves. Like, I don't... I, and I speak from a place of discovering like on a sexual like a sexual attraction spectrum, like where I am, and I'm a little bit attracted to women, right? Like I'm a little bit on that that end. Um, and I like an imperfect woman body, and I'm like, well, why don't I like that for myself? You know that was a big moment for me. I'm like, I really like a big butt and <laughs> super like juicy looking thighs. I love that shit. Why do I pick on myself for not, you know, having like so skinny ass thighs and a skinny butt all the time? I don't, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not the
2: only one, Noreen. I've always said that. Like, I don't. That's not. I'm not attracted to the the women that I'm attracted to are not. They don't have the type of shape that I want to have for myself. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. And that's like that's because we're like we have this like. Women have this warped sense of, like, we've been told our whole lives what we're supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Not really what we're supposed to be attracted to. So when our minds go to who we're attracted to, that's totally separate from how we feel about ourselves. So
1: interesting.
2: So we're allowed to, like, go a little further with, I don't know, it's it's such a weird thing, but I'm with you on that. It's very strange. And I like
0: women who look like men. Like, I've been attracted to women who look like men and men that look like women kinda, uh-huh. you know, and they have all sorts of weird, like, weird, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's, that puts a value judgment on it, interesting, like, hair situations <laughs> on their body, oh, yeah. and I'm like, why do I shave all my fucking hair, I don't know, it was a moment for me where I was just like, why do I do everything that I do, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where is this think coming it's, from? It's, yeah, it's crazy, right, think about like, okay, so I know Ashley has gone through, I don't know,
1: maybe you still do, don't shave your armpits or anything, Here and in like, there. I think it's so <laughs> badass.
2: Like it's badass, yeah. and I don't. I know that I don't need to shave my armpits. No one cares. No one gets to care. Yeah. Ultimately, exactly. But I just still do it.
1: Like why? Why? Yeah. Do we, what, why? That's why I just go through spurts. I'm like, if I feel like doing it, then I might. Um, like today, I was in the shower and I was like, and eh, like I've I've got some pretty good growth in my armpits. I'm like I, I don't care. But my legs, I was like, ah, you know what? I feel like shaving them today. I didn't do it for any reason. Like I'm not even seeing a partner for several days. I just wanted to shave him today, and so I did. Um, but it's just so funny too, because like people who aren't used to seeing women with um, hair on their bodies, um, they they're like, "Why don't you worry what your partner's gonna think that they're gonna be attracted to you?" It's like, oh my gosh! Like when you're down and like getting intimate and you're in the moment, like what dude is gonna be like, "Oh, Whoa, stop. there's hair on your legs." Like, that's the innocent one. What?
0: Abusive one. Oh, Thanks right. For, yeah, exactly. that's very
1: fair. That's valid. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, thankfully I have not experienced that. Like no one's even like said anything or noticed, and it's just like it grows there naturally. Like why? And like when you shave them, they're nice for like a day, and then it's prickly. So it's yep. like I'd rather it be long and like soft than prickly and hard. <laughs> exactly. But. Yep.
0: This is why I, I'm glad that um, people like you are having children, Chelsea, because I feel like the values that you are instilling and are, have already instilled, have been instilling for, what, almost 10 years? You said Cole's turning 10? He's, I mean, I I, I mean, I know her children, and, and can confirm that they are a lot more woke. The children today, I just hope um, they have a lot of uh, parents like you out there. Teaching them mm-hmm. to like challenge the status quo a little bit.
2: I mean, I hope at least they see me living my life that way. Like, who yeah, don't you? yeah, you know, popular, whatever. Like, we don't we. Talk, I talk pretty freely with my kids about stuff mm-hmm. when it comes to like, why do people do such and such a practice? Like during Lent or during whatever religious things happening. Like, well, because some people believe in God and they do this thing. Like we were talking about praying the other day. They're like, what? what is that about, you know, and I'm like, yeah, some people that, you do this at your grandma's house, they pray before you eat, it's just what people who believe in God, they thank God for their food, or whatever the thing is, and they're, they're both just like, they haven't grown, that's foreign to them, so they're just like, hmm, okay, <laughs> sure, <laughs> they're like, I'll thank you, because you made it, I'm like, that's right, baby, <laughs> there you go, but, but- you know, it's just, People have to be open with their kids. They're little people. They're going to grow into adults. Like mm-hmm. we can't hide everything from our kids. I didn't hide. I don't hide Black Lives Matter from my kids. You know, I. bought they have T-shirts just like the one I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Like, and they love to wear them. They know. They know who George Floyd was. They know about the complications with the police. They. I talked to them about all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the consent is always, of course, a big thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's the most important thing when raising boys. Boys, for sure, and well, of course, girls too. But.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a
1: different, like, I was thinking earlier, like, when I even realized racism was a thing because, I mean, I um, grew up most of my time in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I went to, like, a fairly diverse school, and so I had friends, um, lots of friends who were Hmong and lots of friends who were black, and we all just hung out, and I never really thought much of it because, like, they just, they were my school friends and who I hung out with outside of school, and you just form these friendships and you don't really think much of it. And I actually remember my first time realizing, like, racism was a thing was when um, I moved to a very, very small town, primarily white people. I moved in with my grandma and her partner at the time. And I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I was 15 and I was pregnant. I ended up having an abortion. But when it came out that I was pregnant, my grandma's partner was like, oh, I'm sure he's going to be black. And I was, like, I I was, like, confused, to be honest. I was, like, what does that even mean or matter? Like, wh- I, I, I literally, like, didn't, I was just, like, why would he say that of all things? Like, what? And then, like, looking back on it, you know, years later, I'm, like, holy shit. Like, and I know this guy is extremely racist, but it's just, like, whoa. Like, who, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, like, sick even thinking about that right now. Um, but... I didn't even really know racism was a thing Mm -hmm. until I was so much older. And it just, like, alarms me. And I I think back to, you know, the town that I grew up in, how it is primarily white people, and how many of them, like, obviously with social media it's probably a lot different, but how many are, like, don't even really think it's an issue or that it's not real or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so, yeah, I really hope that social media will um, come into play informing people's opinions and, like, seeing how other people experience life in the same way as them regardless of their skin yeah. color or whatever it may be like we're all human we're just trying to survive out here like it's just it's so oh
2: it's it's i was just thinking i was talking to somebody about the educational system and i have a really similar experience to you with growing up i i went to one of the biggest the biggest school districts in the state i was in anoka hennepin for high school and i remember like not really thinking there was racism in our school. I remember going to school thinking like, "Oh, the black kids are the cool kids." Actually, like they're super cool. Like, guys. racism is fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. And then now, now that I'm involved in activism and uh, I have friended a lot of these people from uh, people of color from high school, they talk about how terrible it was <sighs> and how how they were treated. One of my closest friends tells me this story about how he was—he's brilliant and he was in—he's a, a physics major. And in high school, he was in physics, and he was accused of cheating because a black man couldn't possibly be smart at physics. He had a girl that he liked, one of my close friends that lived out by me, and her mother took him aside and said, she will never be interested in one of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Just like Ashley, I had no idea that racism was a thing until like we've got a broad world worldviews, and a lot of that is our educational system. Mm-hmm. We're not taught growing up in elementary, middle, high school. We're not taught about racism. We're not taught no. about the world as it is, or even as it was. We're taught about we're taught about it from a frame of like white people kind of did what they had to do to establish their society. You know, we don't talk about how. I mean, we knew that that there were squirmishes with the Indians, right? Like, we knew, we learned about that in school. But, like, that's not even, that's
1: not, that's not what happened. But Christopher Columbus is a hero, and, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes so me think, think back on how internet. many other things I learned that, like, are not true. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, we were sold, we were sold a bunch of bullshit as mm-hmm. kids. And it's infuriating to think about that still existing. When I see things posted from the district, or other parents in the district posting these things that they're mad about, and it's about teaching about racism. Like, what is racism? What is sexism? What is, um, you know, homophobia? What are what are these things? Who are the people who are affected by them? Who are the people who are perpetuating it? Like, that was an assignment for someone in, I don't know if it was our school district, but someone shared it to one of our parent groups in our district, and they were all up in arms about it. They were furious about it. because they're teaching the kids that, yeah, these are the parents in my district. Wow. And... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people are all with Black History Month. They're like, where's White History Month? Oh, vomit. You're actually teaching an accurate history of what happened. Because all we teach is, we, it was shameful. We had slaves, and then we stopped having slaves. And then
1: everything was fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hopefully, now, I think, especially with the murder of George Floyd, more of this stuff, like, people are trying to, like... Incorporate these teachings, and I don't know. I, I really hope that that continues, and it's not just a oh, like this is a, a little band aid for right now, and then we're gonna go back to whatever. But I, I, I just, I guess I don't know how much freedom teachers have in like their lesson plans and things like that. But um, like oh, one
2: another one, you'll love this one. Oh gosh. so one this is at Cool Rapids High School, where my husband graduated. And, uh, yes, it's called Coon Rapids. That's the name of the town. There, like, a lot of people want to change it, which they should change it. Okay? They should change it to Raccoon Rapids because that's what it's about. It's about raccoons. And it just sounds racist. So, anyway, um, yes, change the name. You can write me down. Chelsea Youngquist says change the name of Coon Rapids. <laughs> anyway, someone put up a sign in their um, classroom. It's a high school teacher I believe. I believe it was high school. And it said uh, it was a Black Lives Matter font. And it said, um, it was something about anti-abortion. It was like, unborn lives matter. Oh! Or whatever. Yeah, in their classroom. In the classroom!
1: How? Why would they think that's okay? Oh my god. Because
2: this is what we don't realize because we live in a... You know, if I look at my Facebook friends, a lot of like on purpose they think like me because that's what I want that's the people I want to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. But when you venture out of that, you realize we've got a lot of opposition, guys. We've got a lot Scary. of opposition. Mm. And that is that's what we're up against. We we sit here and we do this like vegan infighting or like this activism infighting. But we've got bigger we've got bigger uh what is, uh onions to fry. Like
0: yeah.
1: you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. We've got, so Chelsea and maybe this is something that we we aren't able to answer right now but maybe we can all think on it right now like how do we how do we navigate that do we do we intentionally put ourselves in situations with people that to learn about their perspective or do we do we avoid them do we continue to surround ourselves with people who are like how how do you do that as a parent first of all that's what I'm curious about.
2: That's a really good question. And I'm not exactly sure. But I think there's there's got to come a balance between when we're doing sort of outreach, even if it's with our family members or people our friends, or close mm-hmm. friends, when we're trying to like impart some type of lesson, I guess. A lot of times we're doing it or our people are doing it in a way. It's like shaming, and I know like there's a line between tolerating racism or whatever we're talking about, and 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 working with people where they're at. There's a line there that can't really. Um, I I guess it's it's partly I really feel like in activism is meeting people where they're at, but there is I I don't want to say that always because there's a there's a point where you just you cut ties with somebody Mm -hmm. in sales. There's a technique that I learned called get to the know, and I applied that to my activism in a way that, like, we were talking about earlier. When people are throwing at you, well, what if you can see things that look like meat, or why? Uh, if you were stranded on a deserted island, you know those kind of questions that we get? Mm-hmm. If you're not having a conversation with me, if you're just giving me these flip-glips, like, remarks that require no mental thought, you're not interested. So I need to move on to the next person who's interested. And that's that's kind of the sales technique is like talk to someone, get to the no, don't pussyfoot around it, don't be like, oh, maybe they'll be interested in a month, I'll t- I'll keep them on my thing and I'll keep calling them every two weeks and annoy the shit out of them and t- you know what I mean? It's like they don't, they're not interested in what you're selling, talk to the next person because if you waste your time on the people like that, you're not going to get to the people who are actually open-minded.
0: It's going to burn you out Whoa. a lot quicker. That is a really good point, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Something that, like, honestly, up until this point, I had never really thought about deeply. So thank you for that. That was something. We waste a lot of time. When there's Mm -hmm.
2: people that we need to, like, like, there's always this, like, vegan, vegetarian, or, like, whatever, there's this, like, feud. It's like, okay, yeah, we all get it. We all understand the issues. But at the same time, like, do you really want to waste your energy on someone who's already, I don't know, 60 75% of the way there? Or do you want to focus on the people... Who are doing the most damage, and they they don't even realize it because they're conditioned just like we were. You yeah. know, so it's like it's like anything with feminism or racism or veganism. It's like any of this stuff. It's about conversation. Mm-hmm. It's about remembering where you came from and who you used to be.
1: That's something yeah. I wish that I would have learned a lot earlier. Um, the last couple of years, it's like. I'm not going to get into these Facebook arguments, people who, like you said, are not, you just know they're not interested. But years <laughs> back, like, I would get into these, like, lengthy back and forth, and I would just get stressed over it and pissed off. And it just wasn't it worth my job. time. Yeah. You did great job. It, it you just, know? it sucks because you it's like, cut. you know, it's like you make all these good points, and it's just like, they don't care. They're not going to care. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. So it's just but like... It, don't let that discourage you, though, because... There are a
2: bunch of people, who and you've had those conversations a million times in your job, when you connect with somebody who, like, really does want to do better, wants to learn more, like, those are the people that are going to become the next activists. Like, those are what we need to focus on instead of wasting our energy on this, like, super rude Trumper types that aren't going to
1: listen to you. Anyway, they just want to fight. Right. Prime example is at these um, protests that we do outside the uh, slaughterhouse in Austin, Minnesota. And people will drive by and they'll be like, I love bacon. And, like, try to get a response out of you. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I fly off the handle and say, fuck you. And then other times I'm just like, it's not even worth it because they're trying to piss me off. And I don't want to give them what they want. But, like, I don't think people have any idea how much it means to me when they pull over and they genuinely ask. Like, there were these two um, younger guys, and um, they were both black. And I think that um, it's just interesting because I feel like um, when I'm having these conversations with BIPOC, they are more likely to listen. In years of outreach, I have noticed this time and time again, and I've had other activist friends say the same. um, But it was so cool because they pulled over and they were like, all right, like, what's this all about? And they let me, like, talk at slash with them for like 10 minutes and it wasn't like their eyes were glazing over they were asking questions and they were like you know taking notes on like some documentaries and things that I had mentioned I got to tell them like yeah like upon sight because of our signs you think we're out here specifically for the animals but it's like multi-layered you know there's a lot of human rights issues that are going on here um and then you look at our food system and how it's rigged and how it's set up against people of color like and they were really interested and it was things that they had never heard before and I after they pulled away I literally started getting tears in my eyes because I was it meant so much that they actually wanted to know more like those conversations like just that's shit like that that keeps me like wanting to do this because you have these breakthroughs with people and it's like, okay, like some like people are listening and some do actually like want to get it. But yep. I like to yeah. think that if somebody had approached me years back about, you know, these issues... That I would have given them the time of day and like tried to hear their side out and maybe I wouldn't have believed them like right off the bat. But if I would have done my further research, like it would have sparked me to do more research so that I could make my own opinions. And like that's what I tell people. It's all you don't need to take everything I'm saying like a hundred percent. But this is what I've been learning and studying for ten years. This is what I've personally experienced. This is what I've seen and like use this as a starting point to do your own research and form your own opinions. Like. Question everything always.
2: And even the people that are jerks about it, like you don't, you don't know how they're going to take that later in the day or the next year or whatever. They're, they're like you might still get them to take a flyer, and they might. That might be something, or you've, you've, you've it. You provoked a reaction in them.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you've
2: provoked a reaction. You provoked some kind of an intellectual like question mark in their head. So, I mean, that's still something.
1: That's true. You know, right.
2: we were. I was really resistant to. Any, a lot of these ideas at first I have I am not the same person I used to be and I you know I try to use that like you don't you don't know what someone might think after you plant
1: a seed so true even if it takes a couple of years like they might think back like oh wow like kind of feel like shit for how I reacted in that conversation I know I've had times like that like I've reflected you know. back and I'm like oh so yeah I definitely have to keep that in mind for sure
2: Oh, I used to be so embarrassing, you guys. Oh, my God. I used to spit. I, I remember Ryan and I sitting at the bar right after we were, like, we were 21, 22, maybe. And I remember just fighting with her about abortion. Like, fighting with her about it because I was I was Catholic. I was pro-life. I was Republican. I was, like, I used to say the things.
1: I can't even do, picture I this. I make it. Anyone can make it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> tasty animals like that used to
2: be me like i it's all how we're raised got it is yeah. how we're raised and so luckily for me i surround i got people in my life somehow that tolerated me and, and pushed me
0: mm-hmm.
2: um that's kind of what that's kind of what we that's what we try to do as activists we got pushed push people a little bit
0: yeah mm-hmm. for sure
2: you're right questioning everything mm.
0: What a <sighs> great conversation! <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did. I, I, I a lot. So I drink three of these ciders. So <laughs> like
1: I like love yogurt. cider. That's like the only beer, quote unquote. If, is it classified as beer? I mean, it's beer, right?
0: It's alcohol. It's oh, that's some sort of alcohol yeah, drink.
1: That's like the only beer it's that not. I drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though.
2: This one is a black cherry, hard apple, black
1: cherry. I didn't even know that was a thing. Huh. Me neither. My husband bought it for
0: me. <laughs> Oh, Chelsea, thank you so much for your time and energy again. Yes, we appreciate it so much. Yeah, we really, really do. Especially Um, on your,
1: like, kid-free day. Come on. Yeah, (laughs)
0: absolutely. Thank you for... It really was record shopping, so now I'll have to figure out something to cook, but
2: it's it's lovely talking to you guys. I I miss miss the activist community. I've been so, like, bogged down with, well, I mean, the pandemic and then just kids in school and trying to find a career all in that you
0: know same thing it's it's hard so yeah I appreciate well chelsea like honestly if you ever have a or like something to get off your chest that you want to talk about we will host that conversation and have that conversation with you or you know what i mean like if you ever i mean i think you have things to say and i think the things that you say are very valuable and you have a lot of wisdom to impart even if you don't think you have it i think you do so um yeah I have a few things
2: like I I was I remember just a quick thing I remember being struck by what you said earlier we were talking about your brain and the way that anxiety forms in in the brain and I was we were having a conversation last night about how anxiety manifests or like high stress situations manifest differently for different people Mm -hmm. especially couples and like I felt like we had this Charlie and I had this huge breakthrough about this because like I don't know if this is a woman man thing or if it's just different people but like in a pandemic, we're all faced with stress, right? And how do we deal with that stress? Well, he withdraws, becomes really, like, he withholds. He, uh, like, gets, like, really introverted. He goes towards depression. I go towards, like, anxiety. So I'm constantly doing projects that create more stress for him. And so he withdraws even more, which, like, makes me crazy. And I just think that's so interesting how those kinds of, like, what the pandemic's emotional and mental effects are on a family is really interesting to me, so for sure
0: I absolutely yeah yeah that's that's so such a valid point um we're dealing with things we've just never had to deal with before right. and like it's just
1: working our way through it and like yeah I can't even imagine like I live alone and so and I feel You're so lucky hon- yeah I honestly I think living alone like I I will never live Probably. I feel like I can pretty confidently say I will just never live with anybody again, like, if I'm able to, because, yeah, I, I just like to have my own space and, like, decompress the way that I want to and not to worry about, like, oh, taking someone else's feelings in consideration or, like, greeting them when they get home or whatever. It's just, like, I can sit in my unicorn pajama pants and a shirt that I've been wearing for three days and eat hippies under a blanket. <laughs> And Noreen knows how much she
2: impresses me, but you, I want you to know how much you impress me because, like, you're so much much younger than me, but you're so, like, the way that you've kind of grown up and, like, become, like, so sure of your, like, your beliefs and stuff, it's just, like, you're so much further along than I was at your age. Like, it's just really nice. It's cool to see you, like, grow into yourself. Thank you. And, and, like, maternal in a weird way. (laughs) I don't mean it like that. I just mean, like, I've been around you for, uh, you know a long time it's I just I just think
1: you're so great I really appreciate that and I've looked up to you for a long time and you know that I have like the utmost gratitude for you because honestly if it wasn't for you I wouldn't have this job that I've had for the last three years that I love and that I've like seriously grown and learned so many lessons through so like I forever just hold you in this high regard and um, it's I a great
2: don't. gig. It's a great organization, <laughs> and I am so like proud and happy that you're that you're leaving
1: it because you're you're great. So thank, thank, you, you. Really, thank you for letting me. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to anytime. Thank you so much. Oh, good. Thanks good. for joining us, you- Chelsea. So that's our that's our episode. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any feedback, we would love to hear it. Or if Intersectional Instagram, Facebook, at gmail.com. Yes. Any of those. I think that's it. Mm Bye-bye.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Calling all Minnesotans, and maybe some non-Minnesota natives too if you're interested. Are you an individual who has some feedback for us, or maybe just wants to rant a bit about something intersectional feministy that grinds your gears? Or maybe you got an idea for a podcast discussion topic. Or maybe know somebody that we, Noreen and Ashley, just need to talk to that's out there making waves and trying to fuck it up, even if that person is you, DM us on Instagram at Mintersectional, PM us on Facebook, or email us at mintersectional at gmail.com and let's make that happen.